The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. In fairness and out of respect for the public, we need to be honest and forthright about how we arrived here, but we likewise need to be compelling and intentional about the actions that I know we all desire to take. This morning, we could find out the next move of Austin school district leaders, and this is after the state said it would step in and handle special education. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. The district's decision could shape how some students are taught at AISD. The Texas Education Agency, the TEA, wants to implement a conservatorship over the special education department. And this comes after AISD waited up to nine months to evaluate some students. They were suspected of needing special needs services. KXA and Sarah Alshay talked to parents about their concerns. To appeal or not to appeal, that's the question in front of AISD's Board of Trustees after the Texas Education Agency announced its plans to implement a conservatorship over the district's special education programs. The reason for it? The TEA released a report Friday saying AISD repeatedly missed strict state and federal deadlines on evaluating children suspected of needing special education services. AISD says it needs more licensed specialists to perform them. This parent who wishes to remain anonymous because she's says she works for the district, says her son was denied an evaluation for years because of that staffing shortage. Some of the um, excuses was we don't have any LSPs, people to evaluate them. The district's labor union, Education Austin, was among those in the room. They say instead of a conservatorship, they need more funding from the state. You have to have money to fill the, to fill the positions, the staffing positions to support our kids, to pay teachers to be here, to do the long hours, to support kids in special and general ed. While several AISD special education parents say there needs to be change, they have questions and concerns about how a TEA conservatorship would truly help. Are we going to be diverse? Are we going to be transparent? Are we going to try to reach out to the parents? Are you going to try to reach out to the community? Are you going to try to reach out to the people that have had these experiences with AISD? That was Sarah Alshay reporting. The district has until April 17th to decide if it wants to appeal. Should the district not appeal, the interim superintendent says the conservatorship could last up to 18 months. That is based off of what has happened at other districts all across the state. Now the TEA's decision is not considered what you would call a takeover like they've seen in other school districts. Since the year 2000, the TEA has taken over eight school districts. The most recent one is Houston ISD, that's the state's largest school district. It also took over El Paso ISD and then some smaller school districts in the San Antonio and Houston area. The TEA can take over if a district fails to meet academic or financial standards. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Tuesday morning. We begin with a look at clouds and radar. A lot of cloud cover out there. Radar not seeing anything. Our rain chance through the day is going to be fairly low. Live look outside in North Austin. This is our Indeed domain camera. I can see nicely everything on the bottom. So fog, not an issue for us this morning. Temperature wise, though, very comfortable. We're talking 70s across the entire region here. Probably doesn't surprise you coming off the highs in the 90s we had yesterday. We're going to do it again today. So it's 70s to start. 
start even just a little bit warmer than what we felt yesterday at this time. Most of us anywhere from 3 to 10 degrees warmer compared to 24 hours ago. I think the afternoon high temperatures will be within the same ballpark. Yesterday we hit 93. I'm going 91 today in Austin. That 91 coming very close to the current record set in 2019 of 92. You'll notice that 10% chance of rain. That's going to be for the later part of this evening. I'm expecting better rain chances overnight into tomorrow morning with a strong cold front. Yes, it does have a severe risk to what to tied to it, I should say. And the wet weather doesn't go away tomorrow. It actually continues through the rest of the work week. Got a lot to tell you. We'll sort out the details here in a few minutes. A bill that would ban transgender kids from gender affirming care is up for a vote in the Texas Senate today. This care includes things like hormone therapy or puberty inhibiting drugs. Language on the legislation changed again yesterday. Lawmakers took out an amendment that would have allowed children currently receiving transition related care to continue. If this bill passes the Senate, it'll then go to the Texas House. In a matter of hours, former President Donald Trump is expected to turn himself in to authorities in New York. They will place him under arrest and process him in a lower Manhattan court. He'll then face New York State Judge Juan Merchan. Trump faces charges connected to the 2016 hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. This is the first time a former president faces criminal charges. And later today, the Today Show is going to break down his movements from Trump Tower to his plans to return home to Florida all later on this afternoon. And we could learn more about Austin's efforts to improve the Barton Springs Road Bridge over Lady Bird Lake. There's an open house from 6 to 7.30 this evening at the Macbeth Recreation Center. The city plans to revamp it and make it easier for people to drive and walk on. Voters approved funding for the project back in November of 2020. Another body found in Lady Bird Lake. What police are now saying when it comes to foul play. College basketball season came to an end last night in Houston and Yukon. Now they continued their dominance. I've got that coming up. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. College basketball season ended last night in Houston, and boy, does Yukon love the state of Texas. Looking for their fifth national title and for the fourth time trying to do it in the Lone Star State. Taking on San Diego State, Yukon has been dominant throughout the postseason, Jordan Hawkins knocks down the three, and then San Diego State struggling in that first half, and the miss at the bucket down 13, and look at the sweet pass to Joey Calcaterra. It's back to 16 for UConn. They led by 12 at the half, second half, Aztecs make a little move. Lamont Butler, he's the one that hit the game winner on Saturday. They get it down to five, but just like that, UConn has every answer. Hawkins, again, maybe the biggest shot of the tournament when you think about how many games they played that were blowouts. That took it from five to eight. Tristan Newton takes it back to 12, and there it is. How about Danny Hurley? So much of his life in the shadow of his big brother, Bobby, but he is a national championship coach with the UConn Huskies last night as they dominate the NCAA tournament. Their closest game was the semifinals, a 13-point win over Miami. Odds may be stacked against them next year, not in Texas. Final Four next year out in Glendale, Arizona. Longhorn baseball team back in action this afternoon. It's a 4 o'clock start when they host Air Force. Back to you. 
And after the win comes the celebrations. There's going to be some cleanup tomorrow. After some of the UConn fans, they were breaking windows. They pulled down some light poles. They stole some street signs. Uh, they rushed the UConn campus after the Huskies win. Several students climbing buildings and trees. There goes the light pole. Campus police did make a few arrests. University reminding fans to celebrate responsibly. Probably easier said than done. And a little too late for that <laughs> kind of reminder. Too late for that. Thousands of Texans still waiting to learn whether they're going to get help with their rent. Why the state prioritized some applicants over others. Daniel Perry murder trial continues in Travis County. What happened in the Austin police interrogation room after the shooting? This KXAN News podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning, a live look this morning out from our Indeed Domain Tower camera, Q2 Stadium out there. A lot up there in North Austin. Thank you for joining us this morning. It is that time of year when Texas high school softball teams start wrapping up their seasons and many towns softball, big part of the community. Absolutely, it's part of Hubbard, Texas for 33 years, part of that community. As Mike Castellucci reports, so has its coach. They will change into their game cleats. They will start warming up. <laughs> An hour before the game, it's warm-ups on a cold spring day in Hubbard, Texas. Is they have to look good before they play good. Bubbles. Bubbles? Yeah, I put ponytails in, and then when I'm done, I'll fluff them out. One more round. Bunts and bubbles. Coach Mike Saki gets it. I raised two daughters, yes, I know what bubbles are. We used to call it the caterpillar. It's Mike's life. He teaches math here, then trades triangles for diamonds. If you come to Hubbard, you want to play for him. A 33-year routine. Think about it all the time. That will end in a few games. He says it's just time to change course. I'll miss it. Do something different. Koshaki. The Lady Jaguars are keeping score. How far is uh, your 600th win? They are six wins away. So we're like, oh, we got to win. From Coach Saki's Do your best. 600th win. For the next two hours, this is the most important thing in your life, right? All the time, all the time, do your best. The scorekeeper herself knows. Let's go, Alyssa. That's Mike's wife, Laura. I don't know. I'll be sad. That's for sure. But what's hitting him now? Thank you, guys. In the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> all right, let's go. Actually, bottom of the seventh in softball. Is that there are only a few more memories left to catch. Wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't. Have you ever done something for 33 years? Uh, it just becomes part of you. Part of who you are. <laughs> Kenley Zettler wants to be part of her coach's 600th win. Today they have 594 with nine games to go. That one is my daughter, Kenley Wave. She's heard all about Coach Saki's first ever win 33 years ago. The pitcher that day? And it's taken me all the way through life, through nursing school, many years of nursing. and Was Kenley's mom, Trisha. Yep, he was part of my future, so, and I didn't know it at the time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Game day may not be the best time to look back on all of it. They do have a sense of pride and just their mannerisms and everything that they do about themselves. But it's hard not to these days. 
Chuck up another win today. Till we meet again. Thank you, guys. What he may not realize yet is how much they've all learned. Not, not about softball. Loud, loud, loud. But about loud, everything three, else. One, two, three. In Hubbard, Texas, I'm Mike Castellucci. Congratulations to him. Just five wins away now. It's been a really good final season so far for the coach. On Friday, the Hubbard Jags won, and he's had a couple more cents. The team is now two games away from his 600th win with another game today. Just 10 other Texas coaches have reached that milestone. Two coaches have even topped 700 wins. Wow, 33 years. That's a long time. He's, it's in his blood. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what he's going to do after that. I know. And to have some of his former players come back and, and be there with their daughters on the so team. Special. That is very special. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here because clouds and radar is showing a lot of cloud cover over the state here. Again, cloud seen from satellite. The radar is not picking up anything yet. I think that will change as we get into the later part of today. 74 degrees this morning with humidity at 85%. We've got almost everybody in the 70s this morning. We take those 70s warm to the mid 80s by lunch and we're on our way to a forecast high of 91 degrees today. It's going to be hot. It's going to be breezy and it's going to be muggy. We've got a rain chance up to about 10% late day. Better rain chances overnight. So let me walk you through these storm chances because the vast majority of us stay dry all day long. From now through lunchtime, cloud cover. From lunchtime through the evening, there's my 10% chance. It's a very isolated storm risk initially. Then we get into the overnight time frame where a cold front's going to be pushing west to east, and that is a 30 to 40% chance of a broken line of storms moving across our area. Probably before sunrise for most of us tomorrow, we're going to be keeping an eye on some of those scattered storm chances through the mid-morning hours, and then it'll be a mainly to partly sunny sky as we get into the later half of our Wednesday. Problem is, it's that time of year, so with that broken line of storms comes a severe storm risk. It's a 2 out of 5 in yellow for the northern I-35 corridor, parts of our eastern counties, but the marginal risk, the 1 out of 5 concern, stretches over almost all of our counties. So there's at least an isolated risk of a severe storm where you live. For those in Williamson, Travis, Northern Hayes County, and most of Milam County will bump that to a slight risk here. And again, this is gonna be early tomorrow morning. The severe storm chances uh, aren't that great, which is good, but this will be kind of the start of a transition into a wetter pattern. So here's a cold front coming in early tomorrow morning, but you'll notice we've got rain chances Thursday and again on Friday. In fact, Friday is likely to be one of the wetter days of the next seven with a 70 to 80% chance of rain. And we're not just talking to sprinkle anymore. Some of our models are putting down one to three inches along and east of I-35 between now and Saturday. I expect our higher totals again in our eastern counties, but there's a possibility between tonight and Saturday night, we pick up an inch to an inch and a half of rain here in Austin. Most of that coming Thursday, Friday. So we're excited about these rain chances. You do want to plan for a cooler back half of the work week. We go from 91 today to 70s tomorrow, and then we don't get out of the 60s Thursday, Friday. Now we're talking unseasonably cool weather to finish the week. Your overnight lows will drop to the 50s. You'll notice drier skies anticipated as we get into the weekend here. That'll be 70s and 80s in the afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, before we hold on to the 80s Monday and then potentially start to track our next storm system. But we'll let you know as we get a little bit closer.
Thank you, Kristen. The Austin Police Department says there is no foul play suspected in the recent case of a dead body found in Lady Bird Lake. The man last seen on Rainy Street the night before. It's the second time this year a man in his 30s was reported missing in the Rainy area and found in the lake. KXN's Grace Reader digs into what's being done to keep it from happening again. And it happened again. Less than two months after 30-year-old Jason John's body was found in Lady Bird Lake, another man in his 30s, Jonathan Honey, was found dead in roughly the same spot. Both were last seen on Rainy Street. It's a story Mitchell Gutierrez is all too familiar with. His 25-year-old brother Martin was also found dead in the lake several years ago. Was at a bar on Rainy Street, went alone, and never came back. Gutierrez and his family have been pushing for change in that area. These fences and signs along the lake are new, but Gutierrez says more needs to be done and fast. Obviously the issue is still occurring, so there needs to be something done now. Um, so there needs to be change as far as lighting. You know, there needs to be changes as, as far as surveillance. Council member Zocadri, whose district covers this area, told us he's in touch with Honey's family, that he's following the investigation closely and working on the changes families have asked for. We just need to push forward for change to happen a whole lot faster because this isn't going to stop, obviously. It's been proven multiple times. KXAN has requested the autopsy reports of both men last seen on Rainy Street found in Lady Bird Lake this year. Those take months to be released. Meanwhile, Martin's 2018 death was ruled an accidental drowning. His family hopes you'll be cautious on Rainy Street so it doesn't happen again. Do not go anywhere alone. I mean, obviously, that's what's been happening. People, all male, all alone, gone. Grace Reader, KXAN News. You may have seen a list of deaths in Lady Bird Lake circulating on social media, making the rounds with this most recent incident. We dug through all of them on that list, found most are not tied to the rainy area or have circumstances that don't match what has happened here. Now this area of Lady Bird Lake has come under scrutiny before for calls when it comes to increased safety. Austin Watershed Protection told KXAN most of the lake is between 10 to 16 feet deep. The lake can be shallow or deeper depending in certain areas and the depth from the shoreline can drop off unexpectedly. There's also concern about what's in the water, which is why the city does not allow swimming. It's banned. Changes from prior sand mining operations, gravel mining operations, flooding, as well as debris from old bridges are all hazards in the water. Ahead of South by Southwest, the city installed some fencing at the Butler Hike and Bike Trail near Rainy Street and added lightning to let people know just how close they are to the water. Thousands of Texans are still waiting to learn whether they will get help with their rent. Texas Rent Relief Program already rejecting a vast majority of applicants last month. We reported that registration closed early due to overwhelming demand. State telling us it hopes to provide emergency rent assistance to more than 10,000 homes. But that is only about 10% of the more than 100,000 Texans who applied. Of those selected, the state is prioritizing about 6,000 with active eviction cases pending in court. One woman we talked to told us that she's been out of work since uh, earlier this year due to an injury. She says she hasn't heard any updates from the program since she applied three weeks ago. It's a really bad uh, situation. It's a domino effect because, you know, once you lose a place and there can be potentially an eviction on your record and then it makes it harder to get a place in the future. So I feel that there are some people who may never be able to recover from not getting the help. All denied applicants should have received an email last week. Those who haven't heard back are urged to monitor their phones and emails 
program also says help is sometimes delayed due to errors on applications. Well, starting this summer, LED lights are going to be the only option you're going to see on the store shelves. In August, an official ban on most incandescent light bulbs will be in full effect, and you will only be able to buy LED lights from retailers. The federal government says the ban will save you money and help the environment. The Department of Energy said LED lights provide more light. They use 75% less energy than incandescent lights. LEDs also last about 25 times longer. But the Department of Energy has not totally banned incandescent lights. The ban affects bulbs most commonly used in homes that are not energy efficient. Now for some perspective on that, the consumer site Lifehacker compared the cost of the different bulbs. The average cost of an incandescent light bulb normally ranges from two to three bucks each. LED bulbs cost more, averaging between five to seven dollars per bulb. But the report shows that LED bulbs could save you money in the long run. Lifehacker found a 60 watt incandescent bulb uses about six dollars and sixty cents worth of your electricity for every thousand hours of use. Okay, that same amount of use with a comparable LED bulb costs about a dollar and thirty cents. There's your savings. Plus, LED bulbs last longer, up to twenty-five times longer than a traditional incandescent one. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after five thirty p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.